what is going on guys welcome on back to second and short and we are going to keep this momentum train going i mean this is episode 34 uh for those that don't know i am tyler louder he is aaron ben and aaron how are you doing today my man i'm doing great i feel like it's been so long this time unironically it's been so long since we've talked and done one an episode like usually when i say that it's because we've done an episode earlier in the day but this time we actually haven't talked in forever yeah it's just been like sending memes back and forth to each other for like a week it seems like yeah which is also fine but sometimes i like to see your face and, well i don't know about your face but sometimes i like to talk to you well i don't know about <laughs> talk to you but you know something i mean it's just it's my presence that's all you really need <laughs> i seem to be around you in some way and then you're fine yeah it's like the like you know how like if you like if your wife doesn't sleep at home for one night and then like you have a hard time falling asleep just because she's not there just because like you're missing that extra body in the house it's like the same thing anyways let's uh let's keep going with this new additions you know we've been flip-flopping our schedule for those that have been noticing has kind of been messed up we haven't been doing afc on mondays and nfc on thursdays all because the cam newton news broke and it kind of just broke our cycle of where we were going however and we're going to get back on track so i mean this is michael pierce who we're going to be talking about to the minnesota vikings it is going to be an nfc thursday episode and on this beautiful thursday we're going to be talking about this defensive tackle position is a very interesting position to talk about it's kind of like when uh we shifted from talking about cam newton episodes ago and if you didn't peep that video and you didn't get enough cam newton news over the hundreds of videos you can click this link up here and see what we think about it but switching over to like a non-glorious position you know a not fantasized position but a great position to play if you're you know looking to make money for a long time defensive tackle is a necessity on all teams having a stout run stopper is a good thing to have yeah i mean you gotta have your big boys up front just either getting after the pass or stopping the run it's like they always say the games are won and lost in the trenches and this is where it starts so let's dive into the background on our new addition here, Michael Pierce. Uh, go ahead and lead us off. This is really interesting, actually, and we'll tell you why it's interesting. Well, yeah, he's, we don't have a whole lot to say on him. and He doesn't have a whole lot of like accolades in college or anything. He was an undrafted free agent out of Stanford, signed with the Ravens as a rookie in 2016. I guess like he had a pretty impressive pro day. Like teams really liked his his physical attributes and his like the the raw like strength and the physical ability that he has, and that's why he was signed. He played in all sixteen games as a rookie. He didn't start a whole lot, but he had two sacks, which was the most in his career because he's not he's not he he's not on the team to be like this big pass rusher. He's on the team. We're gonna talk about it in a bit. His role is as a run stopper. Um, for most of his career, he's been behind Brandon Williams on the depth chart, but he's still gotten a good amount of playing time in sub situations and like different, like obvious run plays and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, l last year he played alongside Williams on that defensive line, and if you look at his like history, uh, he's he's played in sixty of his sixty four games. He's only started in thirty of those. But, I mean, his statistics, like his stat line, is, is kind of consistent. It, so it really doesn't, you know, if he comes in in sub-packages, if he doesn't start on the very... Because starting is 
iffy in the NFL. Like, it really means, do you play the first series, like the first snap, the first down? You know what I mean? So if he was in on the second play because it was second and four, and that's where he's used more in to stop the run. And, I mean, with the Ravens' defense, they gave up 3.5 yards per carry when both Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce were on the field, and they gave up 4.9 yards when both of them weren't on the field. So, obviously, they had a huge impact together. Yeah, I mean, in regards to the starts, like, it happens a lot of times with, like, cornerbacks that are nickel cornerbacks. Like, if they're, if they're not on the play for, if they're not on the field for that first play of the game, then they're not considered a starter, but they can still play, like, 90% of the snaps. So, especially with the player like Michael Pierce, you don't really care a much about, as much about how, he, how much he starts. You're not really going to care as much about his stats either because, I mean, the stats, like you said, the, the 3.5 with both him and Williams on the field compared to 4.9 yards per carry against when one of them's not on the field, that tells you a lot. Um, it tells you a lot more than any like single player stats are going to tell you about Michael Pierce. Yeah, and the thing is, is that his job is to eat up double teams. If he picks up they're a team's you know best interior offensive lineman plus picks up a second guy to have to help you know that's like a running back has to be ready just because he might break through or anything or that that tackle's got to support that right there is going to open up this vikings defense to get around the edge i mean we're going to see guys like anthony barr get back to having more sack numbers and get some success now earlier i said this is very interesting we didn't do this on purpose, and we didn't even realize this, actually, when we dove into Michael Pierce, uh, but he went to the University of Sanford, which is the same place that a guy like three, four episodes ago, James Bradbury went, and they both came out in 2016, and that's just crazy. Like We talked about Bradbury um, and his move to the Giants uh, and everything, and it was just like, I, I know it's not a big thing to anybody else, but to me, like things like this, like blow my mind. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm, I'm a very simple minded man. Uh, don't say but when that. I just see that, I'm just saying <laughs> when I see this, it was just kind of like, oh, that's crazy. Let's move on to, you know, this, this contract, the, the Ravens chose to not resign him because of the cap issues that obviously are, are around and the Ravens do have to start saving money for, you know some quarterback they got or whoever his name is, whatever. Some 10-year contract they're going to have to give him now that that's the standard. I mean, yeah, baseball set the standard, you know, and it took the NFL a couple, you know, 30 years to hit that 10-year mark, but they finally got it. <laughs> but the Minnesota Vikings, they just let go of a longtime defensive tackle for them, uh, Linval Joseph, who has been with the team since 2014. You know, he's going to be 32 this year. He's getting up there in age. His play really wasn't slowing down to me, but I think it was just like, let's get younger. And the Vikings have actually posted one of the top five youngest rosters over like the past two years, and they might be doing it again this year once the season starts. And that's kind of interesting. That seems to be kind of a theme with uh, Mike Zimmer. I think that's something that he's consciously doing. Get something that's a little bit fresher in there. That's going to help them play for a longer time. I mean, if, if, Pierce can come in and produce the same that Joseph did, but you get him for four extra years, that's a value pickup. Now let's talk about the contract. Well, we talked about cutting Joseph. Um, they cut him essentially not only to maybe get younger, but also to save just a bit over $10 million in cap space. And then they signed 
they went and signed Michael Pierce for three-year deal for for twenty-seven million. Now that doesn't sound like you're saving a whole lot, but if you look at it, he's he's scheduled to make this year five point one million. Okay, and then ten and a half million next year, and eleven point four next year. So if they're not happy with him after this year, he can be cut for only four million in dead cap. It does save them a bit of money. It gives them a bit of extra space to work with, especially with players wanting extensions like Dalvin Cook wants an extension. Um, so that can give them a bit extra money to work with there. Yeah, I mean, really, that's that's not a ton of money for a guy that's supposed to be coming up and being, you know, uh, a big time run stuffing defensive tackle for this team. If you can only pay him five point one million a year, that that's a steal. Really, it is. And going into next year at ten five, that's relatively around what they're going to pay Joseph anyways if they had kept him. But again, like I said, he's younger. He's only 27. And, you know, he's up and coming. And he, he's shown what he can do for this, for, you know, NFL franchises with the Baltimore Ravens. And for the Vikings to stay consistent, to stay into the playoff hunt, and to be a contender, to get to that Super Bowl finally, you know, it's been a long time. For them to get there, they've got to be perfect on all levels. And fixing that defensive line, you know, obviously he's not going to get the sack numbers that Joseph had. Joseph had three sacks last year, which is decent for a defense tackle, but he's going to help your rush defense, and that's key. And you know what? That's going to tie into what we're going next. Let's talk about the scheme fit. How is he going to fit defensively with this unit and what the mastermind, in my eyes, Mike Zimmer likes to do? Yeah, I mean, you said it. He has made a name as one of the best run-stuffing nose tackles in the league. If we're talking about pure, like, run stopping ability i'd say he's top five in the league maybe top three um but because of the position he plays his personal stats don't really explode off the chart and that's not something you're going to be looking for in a in a player like him but we talked about it before with both pierce and williams on the field the ravens gave up only 3.5 yards per carry against the run and with 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 one of them off the field they gave up 4.9 yards per carry so Pierce, like we said, he was signed to replace Linval Joseph. Uh, what's going to be interesting a bit is that the Vic- the Ravens played in the 3-4. So in that 3-4, uh, Pierce was that like pure nose tackle like in the center of that defensive line. The Vikings play more of a 4-3, which kind of can change his position a bit. But, I mean, he was brought in to do what he did in Baltimore, and that plug up the run. He's got very strong lower body. He's very explosive. He can, he definitely demands that double team in the run game. So he kind of frees up other players to come in and make the play. Right there. The Vikings are going to play two defensive tackles at most times on the field, which is going to mean that his start number is going to go up. And if he's starting more, that's going to make people happy because it, you know, statistics, you know, stat sheets when you're looking at it. You're going to be like, oh, okay, he started all 16 games this year. I'm happy with that, you know. But I don't think the transition from, you know, the, the scheme of, like, and the formation is actually going to matter that much because I feel like it's such a it's such a cut-and-dry position. Like, his job is to stop the run, no matter what formation he's playing in. And, you know, he's not, he's not very good against the pass, but it's, it's in my opinion, defensive tackles, there's, there's probably five defensive tackles every year that are really good against the pass, and the rest of them are kind of really good against the run, and then the rest of them are on the bench coming in and situational. 
you're not going to see a lot of guys playing defensive tackle or nose tackle that are going to put up Aaron Donald stats. That's just, it's not going to happen. I mean, we had like five years ago or four years ago, and ever since then, most of those guys haven't touched that spot again. It's a rarity. But how we can help in the pass rush is just by, like we said, picking up those double teams. The more bodies he takes up, the better chances his team has at sacking the quarterback. And when you have guys like Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford who can, you know, are deadly inside the pocket, you need to be able to get somebody that can push that interior offensive line, force them in, and it leaves gaps on the outside, which is going to make those quarterbacks scramble and have to throw on the run. And I'm not even going to talk about Chicago and them throwing on the run because that's, oh, that's obviously not a good thing for those quarterbacks there. What you want to do a lot of times with these pocket type passes like you say cousins and stafford it's just kind of disrupt as much as you can get them off their rhythm and with with pierce being on the field maybe he'll be on the field a bit more um maybe that does allow them allow him to get those double teams and allow the other players to get through to the quarterback and maybe cause some damage um i could see like if there were obvious passing situations like third and long things like that, where they would actually take Pierce off the field, and then maybe one of those other uh, interior linemen comes on. Uh, Armand Watts, for example, he's a bit faster than Pierce. Um, He could come on and provide a little more speed that you would want in that situation, so that's something I could see them doing on on passing down. What about uh, his impact on on this team, Tyler? What do you think, I mean, short-term, long-term, what kind of impact do you think he's going to have here? When we talk about impact, it's pretty obvious right here. He is going to come on in and like, I'm going to be saying the same thing over and over again. I'm going to try and put a little twist on it, you know, sprinkle some lemon zest on it. So it's different, but it's really just the same thing. He is going to shore up that interior defensive line. He's going to force centers and guards to have to double him. He's going to be a worry. And if you have to worry about a team's defensive tackle, it's going to allow other things to open up. I mean, we're going to see safeties come down, play in the box, get a sack. We're going to see linebackers be able to hit the edge, beat their guy one-on-one, or come unmarked and just destroy whatever quarterback's around. We're going to see potentially, with all this happening, a domino effect, guys that are playing zone coverage get more interceptions because he's shoring up the defensive line. It's so crazy how much impact a defensive tackle can have, but if he can cause enough pressure, it's just a domino effect. And it all starts with Michael Pierce pushing the mold right up the middle. Yeah, and I mean, I could see the Vikings sack numbers maybe going down a bit because just because last year they were fifth in the league in sacks and then they lost players like uh, Joseph, who we mentioned earlier, and Everson Griffin also left, who will also provide a lot of production rushing the passer. So maybe those pass rushing sets go down a bit for the team as a whole. And I don't, I don't know if Pierce can do enough to, to sustain that kind of production. Uh, but I do, I do think that in the short term as well as the long term, he's really going to help their run game out a lot. Also, if we're looking at long term, maybe the Vikings in the future, maybe they do want to shift to a 3-4. I'm not saying that it's likely or that they're going to do it or that I think that's what they're going to do. But I'm saying if they do decide to do that in the future, he could be a key building block for them in like, getting the personnel ready for that shift, if they were to do that. 
I mean, it's not like the most uncommon thing. I mean, Carolina is going into its third year with a different defensive formation, you know, than the year prior. And so we see teams do this. But then again, Mike Zimmer is a guy that knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants. And if a guy like Mike Zimmer is going to go out and say, sorry, Joseph, I'm going to replace you with Pierce. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to trust that it's a legit move. He sees what he needs to see, and that is the run-stuffing ability, but a guy that still has potential to grow, and maybe maybe he will become a better pass rusher just naturally by getting more time on the field. You never know. Now, as best as we can, let's talk about, let's talk about predictions. Okay, as best we can. And I'm going to just kind of, I'm going to throw stuff at you, and we're just going to see where you're going to go with this. And I'm going to talk about some things, and you can talk about some things. Okay, so so the Minnesota Vikings allow 108 yards rushing per game. Do you think that number will decrease, remain the same, or increase? And if it's, and you have to tell me by how much. I think it will probably decrease a bit, and I think that will come as a result of other teams passing just a bit more. Because the Vikings have lost some of their pass rush. They've lost a couple cornerbacks. Uh, but I think in terms of rushing, I think the yards per carry may go down. Uh, I'm looking right now, and the yards per carry they allowed last year for rushing was 4.3. I could see that kind of dropping to below 4, four yards per carry. Let's stick with little statistics, okay? In his career... He's had one outlier a year in 2017 where he almost touched 50 total tackles, four tackles for losses, and 40 total tackles. Give me both over and under on those. Um, I think over on both just because I think he's going to see the field a bit more in uh, Minnesota. Let's say play a 4-3, he's gonna, I think he's going to be on the field just a tad more than he was in Baltimore, and I think those numbers will go up as a result of that. Last thing. Uh, the sack numbers for Minnesota. 48 sacks, which is good for fifth in the league. 45 sacks over or under? I'm going to say under. I think they lost I think they lost too many players that helped out at that, in that category. Griffin was a big loss for them on um, terms of sacks, so I think they're going to go under. Probably, probably under 40 would be my guess. Alrighty, and there you have it. Those are our predictions for Michael Pierce. This is our new edition breakdown on how we feel he is going to fit in with the Minnesota Vikings, which, uh, um, you know, alert, alert, uh, we think he's going to do pretty well. Uh, if you guys like what we're doing here, you know, please hit that subscribe button down below. It, it means a lot to us when you subscribe to us. It means that you're enjoying what we're doing and we're going to keep doing more of it. Uh, hit that like button down below if you like this video specifically specifically and if you uh if you have issues with us or whatever uh what's the deal but for real hit, hit us down in the comment section send us a dm uh and aaron where can they dm us at how can they get a hold of us well you can check us out on any of our social media platforms that's facebook twitter instagram we're working on the myspace because i know that's what all the kids are doing these days so any of those platforms you can just hit us up and make sure you check out our posts on Instagram. We got news updates, discussion points, hilarious jokes, anything you want, and it's there. Check out, also check out Tyler's uh, OnlyFans account. It's pretty good stuff. 
I haven't been disappointed so far. So. It's the cheapest OnlyFans in the game. Alrighty, thanks for listening, guys. You guys have a good night.